Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. It's time for school. Rock school. With your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. Gibson is famous for their serial numbers. Okay. Serial numbers. It'll tell you right off the bat, unless you've got something called a Chibson. You know what a, <laughs> you know what a Chibson is? It's a Gibson It's a Gibson fake, knockoff, right? Made in China. No. So, thus, Chibson. Yeah. Oh. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show here on the Rock School Radio Network. And uh, Tammy's over there picking stuff up uh, randomly off of my little uh, baffle. I'm cleaning the room. How's that? Hey, happy new year to you. Happy new year to you, too. Yeah, I know we're into the new year, obviously. But last week we had in Pat Kerber, so you weren't in the studio. Yep. And here you are back. You know what? And so far it is a fantastic new year. Fabulous new year. Things going well? Yes, indeed. Everything. Keeping up on your resolutions? Are you? Working out. How much have you gained? None. <laughs> he goes the opposite way. That's what comedy's all about. Well, I'm Joe Burns. You are. I am Tammy Burns. Hey, happy birthday. 60 years old this year. The Flying V Guitar. 60 years old? 60 years old. It was back in 1958. Now, people who are real guitar heads are going to say, no, 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 that thing was designed in 57. Yeah, you're right. But it didn't come onto the market until 58. So... 1958, the Flying V guitar. Now, I don't normally do things on a single guitar, but the the thing is, every guitar looked like a guitar. I mean, the Stratocaster looked like a guitar. It had horns and all of that. But this thing, this Flying V... I can't even imagine how weird it was when it came out on right. stage. Right. It, it, it had to really shock people. So I've got the history of it. We're going to talk a little bit about it, where it came from. It's part of a family of guitars that Gibson was working on back then. And we'll tell you the whole thing. Here's another thing. In 58, if you want to sound really smart and you're a guitar person, the obviously, as I said, the Flying V was released. The Explorer was released as well. Now, you know the Explorer because it's the first guitar I made. It was the one that had all the bottle caps in it. Yes. Normally, you see Johnny Winter playing uh-huh. one. Uh, I can't remember which member of Leonard Skinner liked it, but it was sort of his go-to guitar. Uh, also in 1958, the ES-335 came out. Think Chuck Berry. That's what that is. The Sunburst Les Paul came out. That's the yellow and the red one. Right. Which is just, in fact... If you look over there on the wall... Oh, I'm looking. I knew when you said sunburst exactly. Now, it ain't a 58, but the fact remains it's a sunburst Les Paul. When when they say sunburst, I mean, everybody that gets it gets that same... Well, you can have a cherry sunburst, which is that, or you can have a tobacco... Well, you can sunburst anything, but normally it's cherry or what they call a tobacco sunburst, which is sort of a dark yellow and brown. Okay. And they put those together. And if it's done on a Stratocaster, a a Fender, uh, it's not called a sunburst. It's called, I think, a tricolor. I may be 
a little wrong on that, but I think it's called a tricolor. Also, there was another thing called the Modern, uh, which is modern with an E on the end of it. And we'll tell you all those things. And if you want to look up the Modern, it's an ugly, ugly, ugly guitar. So for an hour, let's talk about the Flying V. I'll tell you where it came from, why it's got such a neato mosquito history, and why Randy Rhodes did not play a Flying V guitar. Uh-oh. What? what? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Well, it kind of looked like a Flying Uh V guitar. Yeah, so we're going to feature people who only play Flying Vs or are known for playing Flying Vs. There's going to be some good music today, I would think so. I would think so. Lenny Kravitz, are you going to go my way? Look at the video. What's he playing? A Flying V. Sounds like this on Rock School. I'm going to go my way, Lenny Kravitz, here on Rock School, as we talk about the Flying V guitar. Happy birthday to it. 60 years old this year. And because it's so successful, you'd think, man, out of the gate, a million people must have bought this. Yeah. Wrong. It failed out of the gate. Really? Yep. I have the actual numbers. But where did it come from? Well, in 1955, Fender was really ruling the roost. In fact, Gibson was getting killed by Fender. The post-war kids didn't want sort of their dad's guitar, the um, the, the Les Paul, the gold top Les Paul. They were beginning to rebel already, huh? Exactly that. But the thing about Fender, it was a, a look that Buddy Holly liked. It was a, a Stratocaster. And I mean, to, even to this day, I mean, you want to talk about a design that out of the gate was correct. I mean, Stratocasters are still cherished instruments to most guitarists. In fact, look over there on that wall. One, two Stratocasters on that wall. It's funny, I had to count my own guitars. I keep forgetting what I actually <laughs> That's have. That's a good thing. Well, here's the thing. A guy named Ted McCarty, who was the head of Gibson in 1957, said, look, we're getting killed. You know, over there at Fender on the West Coast, we, I mean, they'll paint it any color you want. They'll, you could buy a flamingo red Fender guitar yeah, with nice. gold hardware. That was the most expensive one in the catalog. Not kidding. The Shadows, the guy who plays for the Shadows, can I think of his name? He had that flamingo red <laughs> guitar. i got to look up his name. Well, what McCarty did was he hired a whole bunch of artists outside of the guitar world. And I don't have this on the money, but I've, I, I, I don't have anything to back this up. But I have heard from other guitarists that members of General Motors were contacted. The artists of General Motors. Right. And they said, come on. And it's not just them. A whole bunch of people were connected look hey, yeah come on make us a guitar that doesn't look like a guitar make it hip make it cool and a lot of stuff came back and they probably wanted it the colors of cars that they were seeing on the road with oh that, sure that nice hard oh sure you know shellac body right right but gibson needed something to set them apart three were chosen one was called the futura which will become the explorer again if you want to sound really hip and be a guitar guy the futura Tora had what they called a forked headstock. It uh-huh. went up and then split off. Right. 
when it turned into the Explorer, they turned it into what's known as a droop headstock. That doesn't sound good no. in any situation, <laughs> right? It's, it's got all six tuners on one side and sort of falls off as it hits the, uh, hits the strings. And the reason is so that every one of the tuning pegs is perfectly in line with the strings. That sounds like a failure to begin with. Uh, people liked it. It didn't do well either out of the gate, but people do like it. It's an extremely heavy instrument. Also, you had the Flying V and that other thing called the Modern. Again, look it up. It's spectacularly ugly. Uh, That's modern with an A on the end of it? What is that? Yeah, no, it's modern with an E on the end of it. Oh, with an E on the end. Yeah. And here's the thing. McCartney, uh, McCarty, sorry, picked three of them. Again, the Futura, the Modern, and the Flying V. Why was the Flying V grabbed? Well, number one, it could be made. Because there's a lot of difference between what I draw on a piece of paper and what I can actually make. Yeah. And second, and this is going to sound dumb, Mm -hmm. the selling point of it was that it could stand on its own up against a wall. Like it had yeah. legs. Yep, yeah, you didn't. Really? You didn't need a guitar stand. Hey, no, that's a selling do point. That? Yeah, that's a selling point. I would never do it, but oh. that's a selling point. Rudolf Schenker always plays a flying V inside of the Scorpions, and it sounds like this on Rock School. What singer was, uh, were the Shadows the backup group for? I have, I don't know. I don't Cliff know. Richard. As a matter of fact, oh, if you, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. If you read the story of the flamingo uh, red pink uh, Stratocaster that yeah. Hank Marvin played with the gold plating, it was the most expensive one in the Fender catalog at the time. And he went to Cliff Richards and had Richards, because he, Richards was the star. Oh, yeah. Had Cle- Keith, R- Keith, not Keith Cliff. Richards, Cliff Richards. What am I doing? Uh, Cliff <laughs> Richards buy him that instrument. Oh, my goodness. Oh, he hey, played what, it to death. What color was the, the very first one, the original one? That came out. Stratocaster, you mean? Yeah. Or do you mean the the flying V? No, no, no. The flying V, I'm sorry. Ah, good girl. Thank you for asking that question. One of the reasons that the flying V didn't sort of sell right out of the gate is A, it was too futuristic, but B, it was too expensive. It was the same cost as a Les Paul, and a Les Paul was a pricey guitar. If I remember my research correctly, it was somewhere around 247 248 like 247 and some change. It had the same price point as a Les Paul. Why? Well, it used something called Corinna wood, also known as Limba. Now, you know I'm a woodworker, so yeah, I, I know that, about I, these that woods. That means nothing to me. What, what, right. what are you talking about? Well, here's the thing. It's a wood that, you know how guitarists love that lovely sort of yellow color? Yeah. That, you know, you, you, you make the wood honey oak or right. something like that. Well, this wood has it right out of the gate. I've worked with this wood. What's funny is it smells when you cut it. Well, does it smell good or bad? It's, it's, what does it smell like? It's Come not on. anything I'd want to put on as a cologne. But Ugh. you know how cherry wood smells like vanilla when you... 
you yeah. cut it. Well, this stuff has a smell to it, and it, it's easy to work with, and I understand it. But here's the thing. It's this natural yellow and then has all of these streaks of black in it. So if you want to look it up. You're not selling me so far. Well, that's the thing. It didn't do real well out. And plus, since it it was this wood, they left it sort of natural and just put a shellac on it. And it it just didn't sell. No, I'm not buying it. That's the thing. It. Now, if you can get one of the original, the, the, the first year, 80 of them were made. 80 of them were made. If you can get one of those, it can cost up to a quarter million dollars. Really? If you'd like to see one, Joe Bonamosa just got one. All you have to do is go on YouTube and search Joe Bonamassa. Well, I think it's Joe you, Bonamassa. How do you know it's an original? What What are you looking for? Oh, serial numbers. Gibson is famous for their serial numbers. Okay. Serial numbers. It'll tell you right off the bat, unless you've got something called a Chibson. You know what a, <laughs> you know what a Chibson is? It's a Gibson It's a Gibson fake knockoff, right? Made in China. No. So, thus, Chibson. Yeah. Well, but if you look on YouTube, you can find Joe Bonamassa, and he's showing off this gorgeous guitar that he had and it's one of the original flying v's so you can see one gotta play something else from someone who loves flying v's he did play an explorer but johnny winter was also known for his flying v's and this is johnny here on rock school To the first break, happy birthday, happy 60th birthday, ladies and gentlemen, to the Flying V guitar. Aren't you building a Flying V? I am. That's the reason this stuck in my cross so hard when I saw that there was a nice little thing on Gibson's website. Yeah. The Flying V turned 60 this year. I'm building a Flying V. Please tell me you're not going to do it in the original no, no, no. This is ugly <laughs> wood color. As we said earlier, this is a Chibson. It, uh, oh, it, yours is a Chibson? No, no, no. Here's the thing. If you buy a Chibson, that means you've gone to like AliExpress or something like that, and you've bought a knockoff from China. Yeah. And what's even worse is a lot of the knockoffs come with a serial number. Oh, not not that I have two friends that own Chibsons no. oh. with serial numbers, but they do. I have one buddy that has an SG, and I got to tell you, it's pretty good quality. But really, this, this is a kit. This is a kit, and it is a flying V. So let me tell you some things about the flying well, V. First of all, can we What's do that? a show on the Chibsons? The Chibsons? <laughs> I don't know if there's enough information out of what I've just told you. So the thing about a flying V. Number one, it's so great to play because you can reach every fret. There's not a cutaway. The body falls out on both sides. There's no such thing as pulling your thumb back underneath and hitting the top frets. You can get to every one of them. And furthermore, if you're a left-handed guitarist, Mm -hmm. this is a, what do you call it? It's it's perfect both ways. It's the same up-down. So you can easily turn this guitar around, restring it, and it's the same guitar. Now, somebody's going to say, well, no, the knobs are on a different end doesn't matter. It's the fingering, the fretting. It's exactly the same one. And it looks cool as heck. I'm going to do mine in a polka dot, except every polka dot is going to be a beer bottle cap. 
So we have to get on that. We need to get some more beer bottle caps. I am here to help yeah. you get your beer bottle caps. I can do that. <laughs> so what's the difference? Well, I mean, what's not good about it? it it's impossible to play sitting down. Because it Why? just flips. Well, look at the shape of it. Well, I, I, I'm i looking at the shape of it. Well, as a Les Paul, or over there's my Eddie Van Hale, and there's my Gretsch, it, it's it got that little loop. You can put it right there on your knee. Right? Not this thing. Whoop! Flies oh, right I see. Off. Flying right you off the leg. Be, yeah, you gotcha. gotta stand up with it. I don't consider it as meaty as my beloved Les Paul's. It, it's not quite as thick. Some people are going to go, no. Yeah. It, it's also like a street rod. It's way too much pickup for way too little guitar. Uh-huh. You you basically have a stick that has two things coming off the right. back. But in terms of being on stage, it looks great. Yeah. It looks wonderful. And what's really neat is when you take your arm and put it between the wings and yep. play the guitar so it's up high. I mean, it does nothing to your playing, but again, it gets you more girls, right? Cool. So that who, thing's Well, who else thought it looked cool? Ray Davies played it like that. Oh, yeah? And when we come back, we're going to talk about what happened with it and the the players that actually got on top of it. Who is listening to us on this here radio show? Oh, goodness. W-O-U-B in Athens, Ohio. Been there. Back in a minute here on Rock School. out of the break in 1957 and again guitarists will say no 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 this thing this thing didn't come out in in 58 it came out in 57 right came out to the general public in 58 so that's when gibson says its birthday is so that's when joe says its birthday is but in 57 gibson took the flying v and what was then called the explorer and they they changed the name and changed the headstock to the droop Uh, they took it out to all kinds of shows and it generated a ton of interest So they created them and sent them out. They sold 81 in 1958. They sold 17 in 1959. That's a failure. Wow. That's it. Right. You can't say this at the time, but looking back, it was just ahead of its age. Yeah. It didn't yet have the audience out there. So what happened? Well, they stopped making it. In 1960, they did not make any flying Vs. The thing was, a couple of real key players got a hold of it. And I'll tell you the story here in just a minute. But the big one, I guess the big one is Albert King. But the one that kind of makes me go, wow, that's cool, is Lonnie Mack. Do you know why a whammy bar is called a whammy bar? Tell me. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Lonnie Mack outfitted a flying V with a Bigsby Tremlo. Now, that's not like a Floyd Rose, like an Eddie Van Halen, so you can go, wow, do all that stuff, right? It's more of a Hawaiian thing, but he (laughs) created a song called Wham! And although some people will argue with me, I'm of the opinion a whammy bar is called a whammy bar because of Lonnie Mack's Wham! And it was performed on a flying V. And there is nothing better than for a guitar than right. for a famous person to do something even more famous and all guitarists to turn at once and go, what'd you do that on? Oh, that's a flying V? <laughs> I, I need one of those. a flying V. Gotta get a flying V, right? It's Lonnie Mack, wham, on Rock School. 
Welcome to the bottom of the hour here on Rock School. I'm Joe Burns. You are? I am Tammy Burns. Once again, Happy New Year to everyone. I know this is the second show of the new year, but the one last week we recorded before the new year and I kept forgetting to say Happy New Year, so Happy New Year to you. Shame on you. That's the number of times you should say Happy New Year in an entire break. Let's do seven days in 70 seconds. These are the rock and roll dates. January 8th all the way through January 14th. Tammy, you got Monday. Do it. January 8th, 1955, Marian Anderson becomes the first African-American to perform with the New York Metropolitan Opera. January 9, 1954, Elvis Presley pays $4 to a Memphis studio and records his first two songs, Casual Love and I'll Never Stand in Your Way. January 10th, 2001, Apple announces iTunes at the Macworld Expo in San Francisco. They stole it from Kermit. They stole it from Kermit. For real. Now, I know what you're going to say. Here's to Kermit. What, the Muppet? Look it up. Really? Look it up. Kermit. They stole it from Kermit. Uh, January 11th, 1963, the Beatles released Please Please Me. And January 12th, 1974, Joker by Steve Miller Band Peaks at number one. Woo! January 13, 2003, Pete Townsend of The Who is arrested in London on suspicious of uh, suspicion of possessing indecent images of children. He was later cleared. And one more, January 14th, in 1967, Sonny and Cher released The Beat Goes On. Now, I mentioned that literally there's nothing better for a guitar than for a famous guitarist to go, hey, dig this. If you look at the uh, front cover of The Chirpin' Crickets, as in Buddy Holly and the Crickets, right. Buddy Holly's holding a Stratocaster. Nothing could have been better for the Stratocaster than for the voice of that time to go, hey, look, this is what I play. Exactly. Okay, man, that's what I want. So it was, as I said, uh, Lonnie Mack. However, Lonnie Mack, you know, that was a recording. In terms of live, in the mid-60s, Albert King, one of the three kings, Mm -hmm. uh, was a huge push for the instrument. And people, I've, I've heard people say, well, it sounded like this, sounded like that. And Albert King always used this weird tuning and such. He's a lefty. And I've always thought to myself, he didn't use it so much because it was a great sound, even though it was. Right. Like I said before, it could easily be flipped. Right. And a left-handed guitars, left-handed guitars are not cheap, or back then they weren't. I mean, they made one guitar and basically said to left-handers, tough luck, you know, hire the left hand. It's well, fun to so watch them right. Pro- this was probably cheaper than buying a left-handed guitar. Exactly that. Yeah. And the, just the, flip it. Right. And the Flying V allowed for access to the frets either way. It's a perfect guitar if you are a lefty and you can't afford it. It's absolutely great. But so let's play it didn't it. matter anything that he got a hold of. It's oh, going to yeah. be perfect. Yeah. In terms of the guitar world, Albert King carries a lot of weight. So here is Albert King on Rock School. I should have quit you a long time ago I should have quit you baby a long time ago I should have quit you baby and went on to Mexico if I
Coming out of Albert King, one of Albert the Albert King? Yeah. You know who he is, right? Yeah, Albert King. He's a, a guitarist. He plays a flying V. All right. Yeah. One of the three Kings, you said. Oh, yeah, because I mentioned it. You did look at me cockeyed yeah, over that. Yeah, can you name the rest of them? Sure. B.B. King and uh, Albert King. You just said Albert King twice. Oh, did I say Albert King? Freddie King, then. There you go. There you go. Albert, Freddie, and B.B., the three kings of blues music. And are they related? No, I don't think so. I don't believe so. So I'm I'm saying that without checking it. Yeah, but I, I know. Don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't think... I would be very shook because I've never heard it that, oh, no, my brother B.B. died. You know, I, I, I would be shook if they were. But you know what? I'm going to check it during this. Here's the thing. Yes, Lonnie Mack. Yes, Albert King. But it was probably the kinks that really pushed the Flying V. The story goes, and this is from Davy's mouth as told to Guitar Center. In 65, he says he had a hold of a black Gretsch with a Bigsby tailpiece. It was made for George Harrison. He didn't want it, so Davies bought it. The problem was flying into the United States, he lost the guitar, or NSA lost the guitar, or the airline, I don't think it was NSA back then, but the uh, airline lost the guitar. Right. Well, he's got a gig that night. So he goes to a pawn shop in Los Angeles, and there's all these guitars on the wall, and of course they're cheapies. Nobody takes a $10,000 guitar and right. pawns it. So they're cheapies, and he finally says, what is that weird-looking case over in the corner? Yeah. And there it was. It was a flying V. The thing is, I've heard... I've heard $60. I've heard this. Whatever it was, it was a ridiculously cheap amount of money. And that became his main guitar. And it wasn't until the guitar appeared on the front of the 1965, I believe, no, 66, uh, Kink's Greatest Hits album. Uh Uh-huh. Again, on the front of the the Chirp and Crickets is a Stratocaster. On the front of the Kinks, there it is, the Flying V. Guess what everybody wanted? Absolutely. You got it. If you're interested exactly what's on the Flying V or what was recorded on it, from Davy's lips till the end of the day, the solo is recorded on a Flying V. And it sounds like this on Rock School. Baby, I feel good from the moment I Coming into the second break, we talked about Lonnie Mack, we talked about Albert King, we talked about Davies and how they had an effect. Well, Gibson relaunches the brand. I guess so. Sure, and one of the big relaunches was that a custom V was played by Hendrix at the Isle of Wright concert and also the Rolling Stones at the Hyde Park concert of 1969, and that made people go, wow, we got to do it. I got to have one of those, right? It, but again, it still didn't take off. It required the mid 70s where the, quote, classic rockers really fell in love with it. Now, I mentioned Rudolph Shanker, also Uriah Heep's Mick Box, Mark Bolin of T-Rex, Wishbone Ashes, Andy Powell, uh, Mick Ralphs of uh, Bad Company, Billy Gibbons owned one, Rick Nielsen plays one, Paul Stanley of Kiss plays one. It took the 1970s 
for, you know, you say those things that, oh, it was ahead of its time. It really was. Yeah. In 58, nobody was ready for it. It took the 1970s and the styling and glam and things like that. And people looked at it and went, okay, now the instrument is viable to us. And did it become an instrument of many colors? I mean, oh, sure. Could they get it any color they wanted it? That's, you know, I say, oh, sure. Gibson will give you different colors. It's just that it became so spectacularly successful a guitar that Gibson probably made more money. In fact, this is what I read in a couple websites. Gibson probably made more money off of the knockoffs than they did the actual guitars, the what, actual what flying V. knockoffs? Go ahead. Tell us who's listening. When we come out of the break, I'll tell you what I mean. All right. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. W-Y-A-P in Clay West, Virginia. West. Did you have to relook again? Was you there, know what? Is Shut there another up. state that starts with West? I've been there. I love West Virginia. You've got West, beautiful mountains and West trails. Wy- and a- West Wyoming. Ah, I love West Wyoming. I love West Alabama. I do too. Okay. Back in a minute here on Rock School. Coming out of the break, I said going into it that Gibson probably made more money off of the knockoffs, off of the Flying V knockoffs. Right. And I also made the comment at the beginning of the show that Randy Rhodes did not play a Flying V. Right. And everybody knows that consummate black and white Flying V. I wonder, did Randy Rhodes have the polka dots first or did Buddy Guy have the polka dots? I'm going to say Buddy Guy, but that's just a pure unadulterated guess. Is that a guess? Yeah, that's called a swag. That's a super (laughs) wild... mm, Yes, that's what that's called. It's called a swag. But here's the thing. Gibson, back in 1957, when the president, McCarty, had everybody come out and, you know, create designs saying to artists, tell us what you think. Gibson, most of their patents are for technical advancements, the tunematic bridge, things like that. Right. However, in terms of the three guitars, the modern, the Futura, I think it was called, the Explorer right at the beginning, and then the Flying V, what they did is they patented the design. So if some other guitar company wants to make one, they have to pay the money to Gibson. And I mean, did they? Sure. It's perfectly really? legal. Sure. It's perfectly legal if you pay the money they request for the patent. So what did Randy Rhodes play? Well, he played a Jackson Charvel that was made so to that his... that was a knockoff. Yeah, it was. It was made to his specifications. You can also buy him from Dean and Jackson and ESP. And all these places. Jackson's really the one that, that took the Flying V and just expanded it. The the Gibson Flying V, the two wings are rounded at the end. The the, the Jackson Charvel ones come to a 
point. I mean, you can put an eye out with them. Right, I like that. Right, and then there's the idea of a different headstock and such. But it's blatantly, and, and also they have one wing much longer than the other Arr. one. Yeah, it's it, it's a knockoff. But the fact still remains, you're playing with the Flying V. So, they had to pay on the patent. How about that, huh? <laughs> Last break here on Rock School, simply because I ran out of information. Kirk Hammett, by the way, of Metallica. I know he plays ESP guitars, but he has also used a Flying V, and you can see him in a lot of concert footage playing a a Flying V. I, I just have a couple more pieces of information that really don't fit anywhere so stick them somewhere right the flying v's have always had two humbucking pickups and when they reintroduced it in the 1960s there was all of these different wiry elements and such but what they did is if you look at a les paul that setup just just think of the strings right what they did was take the same setup the tunematic, the stop tail piece and i know you can put a whammy bar on it but the stop tail piece the tunematic, the, the all of that you basically just took the idea of a Les Paul, lifted it, and dropped it. And moved it. it over on the flying V, right? right? And yep. it may, I think it made it a more stable instrument because you can really, you know, with a Fender, you can pop things off and all that. But you take a you know, a Les Paul, I can really beat the heck out of my Les Paul really? on stage. Oh, yeah, I'll throw it out of tune. I'll play more so, so hard. More so than the Fender, huh? I think so. I think so. Huh. The uh, The Telecaster that I have, I have popped it off of the round bridge. I have done that. I've never popped a string off of my Les Paul. Uh-uh. Yeah, never. Never. I've never, I've, I've broken strings, but I've never popped it off of the tunematic up to the nut at the top. And that's what they did. They simply took that and put it on there. There is also uh, the idea of pickups that were, I don't know how to say it. They look like an upside down V. Yeah. So the pickup looked like the shape of the guitar. Yep. And if you want to sound like a really smart guitar guy, call those boomerang pickups. Yeah. Oh, yes. I see it. I Thank can you. see it. Yep. Also, there is in 2007, 300 of these were made. The reverse V. Now you got to look this up. You could simply look up I'm Gibson. Tr- I'm trying to figure this out. In look, my it head. I'm look it up. Look it up. The I'm Gibson going reverse right V. Now. Okay. Think okay, of okay. a flying V. Yeah. Now separate the neck and the body. Take the V. Take the two points, and turn the whole thing around so the points are pointing up toward the head of the guitar that's called a reverse v again came out in 2007 and people made oh that ain't right people made 300 oh, of them do you see it now yeah that 
number one, it doesn't look comfortable to play. And I think really it's one of those things where if you came out on stage with it, people would go, oh, that's a backwards V. And that'd be literally the extent of the guitar's push. Oh. <laughs> you don't like I it? I don't like it. Maybe, no. in, maybe you know, 50 years from now, yeah. this is going to be the end thing, right? Gosh, I hope not. Gosh, I hope not. No, it's I don't like the right. reverse V either. So, But I'm putting together... Oh, God, what feels wrong about this thing? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm putting together a flying V myself. When it's done, I'll put up some pictures of it to show you guys what it's all about. And that wraps it up. I'm Joe Burns. Please don't make a reverse flying no, V. No, goodness, no. No, I won't okay. do that. Okay, all right, good. I'm Who Tammy are Burns. you? Good. Oh, I'm Tammy Burns. All right, we're getting out of here with another V player. Mark Bolin of T-Rex was well known for playing a V, and it sounds like this. That'll do it. Class is dismissed. <laughs>